This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. I got a question for you. Okay. Yeah. What do we got? So, okay. So do you have a middle name? I do. Do you? Yeah. Is it secret or? No, not at all. Okay. So like it's Mario. Darnell. I was going to say Darnell. Were you? Okay. I was actually going to say Darnell because I thought I remembered. So Mm -hmm. Mario Darnell White. Yes, I feel strong. No, it has a kind of a cool ring, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Uh-huh. Mario <laughs> Darnell White. And you can see it in lights. Is that what you're seeing? <laughs> I can just imagine your mom when she goes, or maybe it was your dad, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, probably both. Darnell White. Yeah. She, she had no problem saying that, especially when something She was mad wrong. or something mm-hmm. like, Darnell, get over here. <laughs> yes. Darnell. <laughs> yes, indeed. Mario Darnell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I always envy um, middle names. She's like, I don't have one. So oh, my mother, did, I have um, four siblings, two on either side of mm-hmm. me. And they have middle names. Mm-hmm. All start with A. But for some reason. Not, not Thomas. No, she couldn't come up with anything. So it's like Thomas A. I just have an initial. I don't, well, that's, so it's not A. I thought A was your, your middle name. Oh, wow. <laughs> a, A. Yeah, A, A, A. That's, that is, a is not a middle name. No, it's, it's just not. an initial. So like, I think it was awesome or something. Absolutely. I think that's what was in that's her what mind. she was thinking. Uh-huh. So it, um, anyway, um, do you, do you um, resemble more of your mother or your father? That's a tough call. Yeah. I think people would look at me and say, you look like your dad. Really? And mm-hmm. why so? Um, clearly, because he was so strong and handsome. And, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> clearly. I, I, clearly. Because that's the first thing that came to my mind, for sure, right there. And um, so, uh, um, you remember you, you told me your, your father, like, he was churchgoer. Mm-hmm. So too. Weekly, yeah. Yeah, weekly mm-hmm. churchgoer. Mm-hmm. And when, when the preacher would say something that he really agreed with, he mm-hmm. would respond by saying, Say so. Say so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Might uh, just stand up and say it. Yes, uh-huh. stand up and say it. So uh-huh. I'm expecting some of that this morning. Say oh. so, right? <laughs> okay. Um, and, and there's one other question there, and we're going to get going here in a second. Because <laughs> you didn't even know I was going to do no, this, no, right? This but fun. Yeah. So we have a counseling center, Gateway Counseling. So we have like mm. 11 counselors and, and interns. At the moment, yeah. Yeah, so Paul mm. is the director. But you're like mm-hmm. the big dog. I'm uh, a dog, yes. Yeah. You're like I'm the overseer, uh-huh. Mario, uh-huh. so yeah. like that. So do you think that today um, people have a, have a diff- difficulty with identity? So I ask you, mm. you, look like with your, you look like your father, you know. Mm-hmm. And for some, I guess that would be a good thing for some maybe. Mm-hmm. Don't remind me of that. But right. um, do you think people have a struggle with identity, like who they are? I think that is one of the biggest things really? plaguing us as a humanity, yes. So yeah. how so? Um, well, um, we ha- well, we're going to be inputted into about who we are by someone. Okay. And so ideally, that's people who have a, a, a grasp on truth. Okay. Um, and they have some sense of a grasp that being rooted in God and that ideally being their parents. Okay. Um, but when we're in a society where um, we might have parents that are in the home but are not imputing identity... Um, mm. It's not a question of whether we'll find identity. The question no. is where will we find it? Yeah. And, um, so everybody identifies with something, or right? Something like right. That. Okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Say so. Say so. Say Come so. <laughs> like yeah. We you. Th- thanks. Uh, yeah. It's kind of impromptu. Well, thing, thank so. you. Yes, that's a good setup for today. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Say so. Come on, it's going to be a say good so. one this say morning. So. Come say on. Say so. Say so. Okay. Because that, that's actually, I, I actually want to ask you this, this question right here for you to kind of, kind of think about for just more you people over here can see that. So um, have you ever had someone say, say to you, you look just like your dad or mom? Have you had that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you, you look like, or you remind me, of just, and, and they're, they're looking at some characteristic of you, or maybe the kind of way that you, way that you act, maybe you, you remind me of your dad, or you remind me of, of your mom. So, I, I've had that. I've had, actually, so here's a picture of my mom and dad, so in their, in their younger days. Can you see that? Yeah. So, this is my mom, and this is my dad, who I, I didn't know. Um, but I've had people even say to me, like, you, you, re- you look like your dad, or you resemble your dad, or, you, you know, your mannerisms resemble your dad. It's, you know, from people who, who knew him, my two older siblings, of course, um, my mom, so I got my white hair from, and she <laughs> she's not white there, but anyway, um, um, I, I, I inherited that from, from mom. Um, and oftentimes, Jen, Jen will say to me, um, you, you remind me of your mom the way you do that. And it's usually, it's like mom was like, we need to do this now. So like tomorrow was never like good enough. It's like you get something done and you, you do something now. So I, I do carry that, that bit of, of DNA from my mother and of course from, from my, my father who was a Frenchman, learned to speak English when he was in, in, uh, in grade school. So... Um, that's, that's a little bit, and I've had people say, you, ha- you have to, I want to talk about that today, and actually what Maura and I just kind of talked with you listening in, a little bit about identity. Who are we today? I, I shared with someone um, that you, this, I said, you, you kind of remind me of, of your mom. It was someone actually who I greatly respected, and, and, uh, and here's what they said, no, no, please don't say that. I think it was in good humor, I think. But it might be that for some of us, someone says that to you, you go like, no, 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 because what I saw in my mom or what I saw in my father, I just don't ever want to resemble that. I want to talk about identity today. It's why parents, I would guess, I would just guess that for most of us who have, uh, who have been in this parenting thing, um, especially when our kids headed out the door, our teen kids headed out the door, did any of us say um, and yell out the, these, these words right here. Remember who you are. Did you say that to your kids? Anybody? Oh, of course, you know, you either did or maybe some form of it or you at least thought it or those words were said to you. Remember who you are when you're going out the door. Remember, look, you're driving on your first solo drive, right? Remember who you are. Remember that you care. I say that to my kids. Remember, like, you're a doucheman. And so act like a doucheman, right? Like, remember who you are because what you do, the things you say, the way that you act, and the way that you react are going to, are going to um, reflect on me as your father and as your mother, and it's going to reflect on our name, hopefully a, a good name, right? So remember who you are, and that's, that's what I want to talk about today for just a little bit as we kind of keep diving into this series called Start Here from, from Genesis. I want to talk about who, who, who are we? Who are we? We're going to talk about that. Who do we resemble? 
And that might be just a little bit challenging for, for some of us, and I, I acknowledge that today, and perhaps even more so, who do we represent? So when we leave this place today, we are going to be able to answer the question, who are we, like who, who, who do I resemble, and who do I represent? And I would pray that God's word would challenge me, he has, would challenge you. So could we stand for the reading of God's word this morning? Would you join me? And it's also coming up on, on the screen as well. Genesis chapter one, verses 26 through 31. Then God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, say it with me, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Father, I would pray again today that we would be challenged um, by your word. I would pray that our hearts would be open to what your spirit has for each one of us today in Jesus' name. Everyone said, say so. You can be seated, all right. Thank you. Let's walk through the creation order for just, just a moment and from day one right on to day six because we know on day seven what happened? God rested. So day one, God formed light, the universe, and the earth. Day number two, the sky in the atmosphere, I mean, when we woke up this morning, we walked out into the beautiful sun that's going to remain with us until spring of next year. Did you say, did you say, God, that's your creation? When you looked at the mountains, you said, God, that's your creation. So uh, day, day two, day three, dry land and all the plant life. Day number four, stars and heavenly bodies, including the sun and the moon. Will you pause this evening and kind of reflect when you see the moon and the stars? God, that's your good creation right, right there. Day number five, birds and water creatures. Day number six, land, animals, and man. And then day number seven, we know that he rested. Genesis chapter two, verses one through two. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them, and on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. I love the way Dr. Craig Keener, I'm going to share it with you, kind of describes the creation order. Just listen to it. It's coming up on the screen as well. The days of creation 
are a schematic device to remind us that God took his time to lovingly craft a world teeming with life that could run largely on its own with just some human supervision to tend for its good. The passage explains the abundant provision God has given us in this world, his masterpiece. Some pagan stories of creation at the time explain creation as a result of an unintentional, violent interaction among deities. But Genesis is clear that one God lovingly designed the world as an exquisite, in an exquisite orderly way. Genesis 1 introduces this God of love who furnished such an orderly world and crowned us, that's you and me, the pinnacle of his creation. I love that. And aren't you thankful that, that God didn't call it quits right before he created man? Because where would we be, right? So like God just didn't finish create the creation order, day number five, okay, <laughs> I'm tired. Let's just call it quits right now. Now he, he went on and he created created man. Day number six, the exclamation point, if you will, of all God's work at creation. Human life did not evolve. It was created by God. No, say so. Good point. Yeah, for say so. Human life did not evolve, but was created by God. And there was something different about the creation of man. Something that set this final act off from all of the others. What is it? Well, Genesis 1, verse number 27. Here it is. So God created man in his own image. God created you. God created me. God created man in his own image. God created humanity in his own image. It's only mankind, and this is what we're talking about today, that bears his image. I know you love your dog or your cat. Oh, we have a dog and we have a cat. Yeah, they're faithful friends, but they do not bear the image of God. And I know that for some of us, we believe that our dog and our cat will be in heaven. I believe there'll be animals in heaven. And whether your dog or you, I don't know. But I do know this, <clears throat> that only man bears the image of God. <clears throat> not your plant life, not your animal life, not your pet life, man. And so last week, I encourage you to get up in the morning. If you were here and online, you, you, you were joining us. Look in the bathroom mirror and, and say, do you remember what? Ah. Now that's good. I encourage, did you do that last week? Yeah. yeah, okay, good for you. Yeah, because God's good creation. That's you and, and that's me. And today I'm gonna ask us to go a step further, right? You gotta promise me you'll do this, that when you look in the mirror, I'm gonna ask you, do you see yourself as an image bearer of God? Identity is what we're talking about. The one who was created by God to look like him, um, to resemble him. When you look in the mirror, do you see your heavenly father staring back at you? You are God's creation. You are his masterpiece. And I don't know about you, but that's good news, yes? 
And, and guess what? You're sitting beside someone today, you're sitting beside someone at home, that person sitting next to you, so are they. And so here's what we're going to do. I want you to turn to someone that you're nearby, online, you do the same thing, you say, you are God's masterpiece. Do that right now, will you do that? You are God's masterpiece. Yeah, you, you, that one individual, yeah, guess what? I'm going to go further. That one individual in your workplace that you don't like, guess what? God's image. Yes? Guess what? You had a fight on the way to church this morning with an image bearer of Christ. How's that sound? Guess what? The person that messed up your coffee order and you were so upset you were upset and an image bearer of Christ. Guess what? Those of you who have teenagers who are just driving you crazy, you know, you know who's driving you crazy? Someone who bears the image of Christ. We're going to talk about that today. Because it makes a difference how we view ourselves, how we view others, and our purpose in life. A little bit more about that. Um, uh, Red Pen Logic, Mr. B, he says this. He goes, I know something about every single person I've ever met. It's what makes them great, as Francis Schaeffer put it. And it doesn't depend on sex, sexual orientation, financial status, or physical ability. Every single person is made in God's image. Say so. Say so. You see, the image of God is not something a man has or obtains, but something a man is. It's how we were created, each and every one of us. And I'm praying today that for many of us, we're going to walk out today with a brand new realization of who we are, our identity in, in, in Christ. We're going to look at ourselves differently in the mirror. We're going to look at other people differently. We're going to, going to look at them as image bearers. Let me say this, because we'll be talking about this next week. Is the image of God marred in some people? The answer is yes. But God has come to do something about that. That's all about next week. We'll, we will get there. But everyone, every man, every woman is an image bearer of Christ. So this is what we're going to talk about today. Three things. Number one, we're going to talk about... How does this change the way I view myself? And some of us need a little bit of, a, of, a, of an adjustment there, right? Because you're viewing yourself the way someone else told you you should view yourself. You talk more about that. So how does this change the way I view myself? Number two, how does this change the way I view others? And so for some of us, like we're going to have a huge adjustment when it comes to the person that we're working with or perhaps even other family members. We're going to begin looking at them a little bit differently. And then thirdly, what we're going to talk about is how does this change my purpose in life when I head out the door? So let's talk about myself for just a moment. I am an image bearer of Christ. Can you say that with me today? I am an image bearer of God, of Christ, of God. I am. Say so. I am an image bearer of God. When you get up in the morning tomorrow and you look in the mirror, what are you going to say? I am 
an image bearer of God because that's who you are. Having the image or likeness of God simply means that we, are, we resemble God. Not in the sense of God having flesh and blood because scripture says that God, God, God is spirit therefore exists without a body. God is spirit. The image of God refers to the immaterial part of man and sets man apart, you and me, apart from the animal world. It allows us to commune with God. That part of us that seeks and yearns to commune with him because we are his image. We're an image bearer. We're not little gods running around. That's, that's bad that's bad theology. We're not that. There's only one God, but we bear his image. And as an image bearer of God, I understand my identity and, and my worth and value as a person who is rooted in who God says I am. You are not what someone is telling you you are. You are the person that God has said you are. You, you bear his image. And some of us are dealing with that today. Like maybe it was a parent or, or maybe it's a co-worker, or may, mom or dad. Someone has, has instilled in you something that you are, are not today. You are the image of God. I was listening to a communion one time years ago, and he was, he was sharing how, it was, it was a comedy routine, how um, the, the preacher was talking about, we're all the temple of God, right? We're all the temple of God. He said his mother had a habit, maybe you've experienced this in church, you're sitting there and you were acting up. His mom, he said, would reach over and pinch him right on the leg. Straighten up. He said, when I heard that I was the temple of the Holy Spirit, the next time mom pinched me, I looked at her and I said, lay off the temple, mom. To, to those who are saying to you, you're anything other than an image bearer of Christ, we need to say this, lay off the temple. That's who we are. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, King James Version. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation. And then this word right here, um, a peculiar people. Now, the more modern translations do not use that word peculiar and for, for a reason, but you're a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. And the reason why peculiar is, is not used um, in more modern translations because we associate peculiar with being, what, weird, right? So the scripture's out going, you are weird people, not what it, it's saying. It's simply saying this, you're, you're God's possession. That's what that word means. So you're a peculiar people or you're God's very own possession. You are peculiar. You're, you're set apart. And what we are to do is to show others the goodness of God because we bear his image. Now, I want to ask you this question again. How do I view myself today? Do you view yourself as God's image? You say, well, I've got all these imperfections, right? I, 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 you know, my, my, uh, my hair turned white when I was, when I was young. Uh, um, you know, I have this, I have this, I have this physical disability. I can't do this, I can't do that. We can go on and on and on with a whole bunch of excuses, right? But the reality is, this is who we are. 
So when we get up in the morning tomorrow or we go home today, what are we going to declare? I am image bearer of God. How about others? How do I view myself as an image bearer? How about others now? And again, this, this might be a little bit more challenging. I value all human life from womb to tomb. Now say it again. Looking at others, I value all human life from womb to tomb. All bear the image of God, including the people I talked about earlier on that drive you nuts. Each person is formed and knit together by God in the womb of their mother, therefore not their father. The youngest child from the moment of conception and then held in a mother's arms carries the image of God. The oldest person here today or listening online, sitting in this room, maybe over in traditions during a Sunday, has not diminished one ounce in God's eyes, nor would they in our eyes as we bear his image. Did you get what I'm saying? From the very youngest, from the moment of conception to the very oldest amongst us, not diminish one ounce because of age. We all bear the image of God. And some need to stop saying, like, I'm just too old for whatever, whatever, whatever. As an image bearer of God, you have a purpose, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. As image bearers, each of us, we see and treat all people as God does. Okay, so um, if we could just hear the voice of God today, our Heavenly Father yelling to us as we head out the door, remember who you are. Remember who you are. When you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off, do you hear the voice of the Father going, ah, remember who you are? Right? When someone messes up your order at the restaurant and you're going to strike a zero in that tip line, ah, remember who you are. When your kids frustrate you, when your grandkids, oh no, I, I strike that comment. Grandkids never frustrate grandparents. Um, when someone, uh, remember, you're an image bearer of God. When you're going to respond to that person, like, I will tell you this week. Now, I struggled with this just a little bit. I was reading the comments of those who um, are pro-choice. And I was reading the comments, and I found myself getting angry. Is that fair? And then we hear God's voice, oh, we're against injustice, but remember, all people bear his image. Is it marred? Yes, next week we'll talk about that. What has God done about that? But is this hard for you? It, it gets difficult, doesn't it? 
God values all human life, and therefore we value all human life, from the youngest to the oldest. We stand for life because the creator of life says all life is valuable. I'm going to share some things for you and how we do that as a community of faith. So you're part of this, maybe, maybe first time here, maybe been, you like you've been here for a long time. We just can't get rid of you. I'm thankful for that. Um, let me t- share with some things how, how we stand for life, all, all of life, and against those things that take away life. Number one, stopping human trafficking through Scarlet Road. We're partners with them because we believe that that's destroying the image of God or seeking to. Number two, fighting child and spousal abuse. abuse. We, we, we partner with Coffee Oasis and, and Olive Crest, feeding hungry people, Gateway Meals Team and Benevolence Program. I am so grateful for our meals team. When I come over here on, on Saturdays, they're serving meals. We serve something like five or 6,000 meals a year out the back door of the kitchen and our benevolence program that gave to the family that's relocating here I mentioned earlier. Helping mothers care for their children, our Life Matters team. I'm so proud of this team. We stand against those who are seeking to destroy life. It's why we take a pro-life stand opposed to abortion and opposed to euthanasia. It's only God who determines the beginning and the end of the life. Say so it's only God. By the way, life changes today. Mario mentioned that. 2 to 315 at the intersection of Silverday Way and Ridgetop Boulevard. We stand for life because we believe that everyone carries the image of God. How much does he love you and me? And how much does he love the world? John 316. You have it memorized, many of, many of you, but listen to it out of the message version, which is a version I don't study from, but I, I love the way it really shares this verse. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one need to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help to put the world right again. Amen. Say so. God does not show favoritism. Romans chapter 2, verse 11. One author writes this, Scripture is clear to communicate that God loves all people the same. His heart is to take us back to the garden. He loves the man in prison who committed heinous crimes as much as he does a faithful Sunday school teacher. He loves the tiny child struggling to survive in the desert of Sudan as much as the one living in luxury. God sees all, hears all, he loves all. Frazee writes that. The key to understanding who we are And God's love for all is to understand what it means that humanity is made in the image of God. You are, and the person you do life with is as well. Finally, our purpose, and we'll wrap up with this. 
Um, there was a, uh, a song, some of you may, may remember that, um, years and years ago, we were Christ ambassadors, you know, it was just a song that came, came to my mind, um, was something that as young people we would, we would repeat. Uh, if I ask you what is an ambassador, you, would, you, would, you know what it is. It's someone who represents someone else, simply, simply put. So we are Christ's ambassadors, so we represent him. We carry his name in all the world. We are called to be his ambassadors to this world. Here's the key. We are called to bear his name any way that honors him and reflects him in all we do and how we live. That's our purpose in life. That's our call to bear his name, to live out his good purposes in all of life. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. What we know is that the Ten Commandments, right? And some of you could probably even repeat those. But the third commandment says this, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. And so if I were to ask you, what does that mean? I think a lot, a lot of us would go like, well, like don't cuss, you know, or you know, don't swear, or, you know, don't take his name in vain. You don't, don't do those, those things. Now, I think that that would be true. But I think that that's kind of a simplistic rendering of this command, believing that it only refers to, you know, not cursing or a swear word or that type of thing. We are to show reverence to God by honoring his name. And there's a larger sense, I believe, in which we live this command out. It deals with our profession as an image bearer of God and his ambassador. When someone sees you or hears you, watches you doing life, they go like, yeah, that person, they're, they're a Christian. They, they might say a Christ follower. They might say a follower of Jesus. Yeah, I can tell who they are because your claim of who you are matches up with who you represent. We're to show reverence to God by honoring his name. If I call myself a Christ follower, I take his name. I identify as a follower. But if it's in name only and not action, then I misrepresent who he is and how I live and how I bear his name, that image of God that we carry. So I want to ask you today, you look in the mirror, your magic mirror for just a moment right now. Who, who's staring back at you? Can you think about that? As you know, the reality is for, for some, and maybe it's a lot, of, I don't know, we're looking in the mirror, and what we see staring back to us is someone that somebody else told us that we are. Someone said that um, you don't have much value because you screwed up in life. That's what they told you. And so you see yourself as that person. Or maybe someone, someone said to you, like, like you don't have, <laughs> what good are you? Like, what talent do you have? What gift do you have? And you begin to see yourself as someone with no value. Or maybe someone walked out of your life when they probably should have walked in. And you've sensed that rejection in life. 
You can't look in your magic mirror this morning. What's looking back at you? The person that someone else told you are or what God says about you. I, I am an image bearer of God. Do you see that today? And do you see your value as being rooted in what he did for you and what he did for me? And that's what we're celebrating in just a moment as we kind of gather around the table. If you, if you kind of didn't pick up a communion element, you can join us anyway, just in, in your meditation for just a moment. But man, if we could just, um, if we could just leave this place maybe with a brand new realization that we bear his image. It might change, it will change who, who we know we are. And, and it might change, I pray it does, how we view other people. And so Father, I, I thank you today for the, the depth of, of your love to each and every one of us. You created us, you created us in your image. And, and I'm not sure that um, there is one of us who can really adequately e explain that. Um, your word just simply declares it and we receive that today. I'm thankful that as we gather um, around your table this morning, as we celebrate, um, your sacrifice for us. You've, you've created us into brand new people through the sacrifice of your son. We have a brand new life, a brand new eternity with you. And I would pray that we would live um, with, a, with, a, with a driving purpose in life to share this good news of the gospel to go into all of the world and make disciples, people who will bear your image in a way that honors you and reflects you. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. If you have your communion elements, take it, shall we? Again, if not, um, just jo join us here and we put the elements out there so next time you can grab one. Let's take the bread together, shall we? Thank you, Father, that your body was broken, that we would be made whole in every way. And then the cup, let's take it together. Everyone said, say so, say so, say so, say so. Let's stand together, shall we, as we worship the Lord.
Oh, hi. 